0: Welcome to Shorts,
1: the part of the show where we regularly interrupt your scheduled programming to bring you content of relative interest. Thanks for
0: listening.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Anabima Podcast. We are coming to you live again, as usual on beautiful Woodby Island, Washington, the sunniest part, the driest parts of Western Washington. If you are thinking of moving to the Pacific Northwest and you are coming from somewhere that typically has sun, please do us a favor and look up the Washington Rain Shadow. Or also known as the Wasp the the, the the just the rain shadow. Or what else is it known as?
0: The uh Olympic Rain Shadow. The Olympic Rain Shadow.
1: Yes, look that up. Just Google the Olympic Rain Shadow or the Washington Rain Shadow. uh, And before you move here, plan on coming in the winter times, because I can tell you, as someone who represents clients all over the world and all over Washington State and here on Woodby Island where we live, uh, folks often come here during the tourist season because that's what we are known for, a large part. Uh, and it's perfect weather. and they say, "Oh, I want to live here. And I tell them to come back. <laughs> come back in the winter. So come, come in the winter. <clears throat> it is the nicest place uh, in western Washington in the winter. Um, but there's no better time to do some property searching than when it's dark out and wet out, not dark like at night, but I mean, you know, the winter months. And it's wet out. And if you can like the place that you're looking at in the wetness and in the winter months, you are going to love it in the summer months. All right. That is our real estate tip to kick us off. We are starting off this episode with Stephen, who is a professional presenter and will be giving us some great information on
0: exploring the mysteries of the dark space.
1: Of the, of the, Of the dark space. Yeah, in the back (laughs) of your closet. (laughs) Oh, 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 there was more to that. Sorry. (laughs) I cut you off. (laughs) Of space, yeah. Of of outer space. Outer space. Okay, okay. So we've been doing some, uh, the last couple, I think we're doing a four-part episode series on... Uh, topics that have been interesting to us that we've chatted about before off the air and thought, oh, it'd be way more interesting to do this on the air. And if you've never, uh, we are not sponsored by this, but if you've never gone to openai.com and just asked the AI robot some questions uh, and do that, do that today because this was one of the questions we had asked. And so Stephen is here to uh, give the human answer to the question. Yeah. Which- <laughs> Which is full of life and vigor.
0: <laughs> so, uh, I'm just going to talk uh, briefly about the history of space exploration. So, nothing extensive, but uh, just a little brief space exploration specifically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, back in the day, <clears throat> people looked down and people looked up. And when they looked up, they couldn't get get there, you know. And <laughs> How, I'm looking up. How come I'm not there? <laughs> um, and so they had, you know, the Greeks. The Greeks were all over exploration and science and innovation and all that stuff. And so they had all these myths and stuff. And one of their myths was about Icarus, mm. who flew too close <clears throat> to the sun. His dad gave him wings made of wax. And uh, he was too excited, flew too close to the sun.
1: Held together with wax.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure. Whatever version you want to tell (laughs) your kids. (laughs) Okay. And they melted, obviously. And, uh, yeah. So that was, like, early, hey, this dude's flying around in space kind of, like, talk. Um, And there's obviously a lot of the other stuff. They base their gods um, Mm. on the constellations. Of the stars in the skies. So early exploration was really just talking about it. And then it wasn't until 1610 when uh, Galileo made the first telescopic observation of the night sky. And Mm. he saw Jupiter's moons and lunar craters and other such things. And so that's when science started getting into space exploration saying, what can we learn from this? And where can we go with this? Um, So the uh, Greeks were really the first and the foremost uh, forefront for science and exploration back in the day. Um, And they even got so in-depth into mapping uh, the solar system and coming up with those like solar system sculptures that rotate. Oh, yeah. There's some name for those things.
1: You mean like the ones we put above the kids to help them go to sleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like
0: scientifically accurate.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Like a model. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yep. (laughs) So um, early 16th, 17th century, they're using telescopes to discover, explore space and stuff like that, which is so different than like ocean exploration because you can't just... Look into the ocean with right. a device, yeah. Um, and then it was not until uh, really the 1900s, um, when space exploration really became feasible. And uh, so early 1800s, they started talking about rockets and hey, we can use rockets to launch things into space. And uh, then it wasn't until early 1900s when they started really talking about it, writing papers about it, um, and creating patents for uh, booster rockets. So they created, um, where is it here? In 1946, uh, the first booster rocket Oh. Yeah. And so they're actually like getting pretty <clears throat> serious about this. Um, where do I have this here? Yep. This is
1: the history of it all.
0: Yeah. Yep, yep. And then uh, 19, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm looking through my notes here. 1942. <laughs> Professional presentation. Uh, Germany launches its first successful rocket into suborbital spaceflight, reaching 62 miles high. Wow. Um, And that is the engine, the V2 engine that uh, is used in all of modern day rockets. Uh, oh. Not all of them, but, you know, like the Apollo missions and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, cool. Um, And then we go through the 40s and everybody's launching rockets. They're all trying to figure it out.
1: The space race is on.
0: Yep, and everybody wants to be the first and control space so that they can shoot lasers down yeah. on the bad guys.
1: <laughs> Whoever they deem are bad guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they're sending rockets up. They start sending animals up once they start getting uh, rockets figured out. They're sending bees and dogs and um, other biomaterials just to see how it reacts to being up in space. Um, They're figuring out intercontinental ballistic missiles. And if we can send a missile into space, then we can send a missile around the world. Um, And then it was in 57 when Russia sent uh, the first satellite up and uh, managed to keep it there.
1: Oh, like put it put it in orbit yeah cool
0: and so that was the sputnik one um so that was a pretty big event that was that was probably the main first event of space um and then as you know we start racing them they get the first man into into uh space i believe um yeah first satellite do to (laughs) do
1: so the, the space race is on. Yeah. And the impetus behind it is to control space as another warfare domain, another environmental domain to be controlled culturally, politically, militarily.
0: Yeah. Not. Have you seen Star Wars?
1: Not because not because they were curious about the other planets or potential other life or resources or i mean i'm sure there was there was obviously some economic drivers there like hey maybe we can find gold up there or whatever but um but you're you're saying most of these inventions were military based
0: well originally it was back in the 1800s when they were <clears throat> theorizing rockets and getting up there that was way before all the wars yeah. and yeah yeah okay. so um they were just looking at it from a let's see what's up there okay and what's on the moon is it really cheese <laughs> i've
1: i've seen wallace and Gromit. yeah yes it, it is cheese, cheese.
0: yeah <laughs> so but then yeah of course um, when you're at war with russia or you're not on good terms with all these countries and they're starting to amp up their search for Space travel, then it makes you antsy because yeah, it could be used right. to rain rockets down or drop, right, right, you know, whatever <clears throat> on you. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely concern. There was the space race; they wanted to make sure that no one got one up on them and had weapons in space before they did. So, uh, so yeah, sixty-one, uh, Russia gets the first man into space. Um, now it's getting heated. Yep. And so they're sending human human being babies up into space. Uh s- later that year, First American goes into space. Um and then later that year President Kennedy gives his uh famous space speech. From
1: space?
0: Yeah, from space. This, that, and the other things. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know that famous speech he gives. <laughs> <laughs> get a man on the moon and return him safely. Oh, oh We do this, that, and the that other one. things, not because we want to, not because we have to, but because they're <laughs> hard. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So then we go through a lot of first getting first spacewalks, first that, first that, first moon orbit, blah blah. And then uh, <laughs> one thing led to another. <laughs> of course, we get uh, a little satellite thing landed on the moon. Um, and then there's lots of casualties, and then we finally get someone on the moon in 1969, so.
1: Lots of casualties?
0: Yeah, rockets blown up, you know, everyone's racing to get up there, and so people are making mistakes, and the are rushing things.
1: Not Russians.
0: They're not Russian things, they're rushing things, yeah. Got
1: it, okay. How many people died?
0: Um like I was alive during that time. <laughs> you would ask that question. Uh, the first one was Russians.
1: The first one to die?
0: Yeah, Russia? first space flight casualty. Spacecraft fires its retro rockets to reenter the Earth's atmosphere. Um, however, due to an unexpected defect, the main parachute fails to unfold. Capsule mm. crashes during re-entry. Wow. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. So anyways, so everybody's focused on space flight and getting to whatever. Yada, yada, yada. We do it. We get to the moon. And then it's like, so what? And then it's like, we don't care about weaponizing space. And ta-da, we did it. And now the space race is over.
1: (laughs) Ta-da, we did it.
0: And nobody's (laughs) like, it's, it's like we go from holding a gun to each other's head to...
1: To the Cold War being over, or something.
0: To high fiving and. What,
1: are we all friends now? Yeah.
0: And so then oh. we set up the space station with. What you is know. this, the
1: hippie era of the 70s and 80s? <laughs> so. What is there a war going on in the world somewhere? everybody's
0: friends we set up international space station and um that, now we're getting down to business and exploration and really doing our science stuff ah the science stuff and so we're coming up with discoveries and breakthroughs and we create toothpaste and you know all this other weird stuff and um and then it kind of just dies down space kind of goes through it Quiet period for a couple decades, Mm. and um, it's just way too expensive, and what we're getting out of it is not very much, and we can just use the space station, yeah, if we need to, um, and so it wasn't really until Elon Musk comes in the picture and says, "I can make this cheap and affordable," and I also have ambitions for space. I don't just want to go up into zero gravities and do some research. I want to go explore
1: the billionaire's playground.
0: Yeah, and so then other then companies the, are getting into it.
1: Then the billionaire space race begins.
0: Yep, and so now we're in the billionaire space race. Um and they've already done some interesting stuff, you know,
1: shout out to SpaceX and Blue Origin.
0: Yeah. They uh are put- and, and
1: shout out to the US government for the Space Force. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of billionaire space
0: race. NASA is still going strong. <laughs> um, they are putting up internet satellites to give internet to the whole world, and they're already making deals with T-Mobile to put it in your cell phones. Um, they Wait, are... are you
1: saying those of us that have T-Mobile are ahead of the game?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, y'all. Oh. Yeah.
1: You heard it here first, folks, from the bookend millennial generation, me and Steven.
0: Yeah. They're, they're talking about uh, making a moon base, a Mars base, all this other stuff. Um, so there's lots of stuff that you can still do in space and there's lots of valuable resources in space um, from meteorites and from the moon and other places. So I think there's still plenty of stuff to do in space, just like there's plenty of stuff to do down in the ocean. It's just expensive and dangerous. Mm. and, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of the most expensive things you can do. So. Sure.
1: What uh, what would you – I've got uh, – are you done with your presentation? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've got a couple uh, following questions from the audience here. The first is what would you do if you were in control of SpaceX? What would you use it for and discovering or finding or building or whatever?
0: Oh, I think the Internet satellite thing is really – cool idea oh yeah i like being able to put a uh antenna on top of my rv and get satellite internet wherever have I you go.
1: tried starlink before
0: i haven't but i've seen videos of people test it out and it's pretty pretty sweet
1: it is yeah i've got a couple clients actually here on would that are using it um and it's faster actually than yeah <laughs> our own xfinity sometimes <laughs> so I yep. think that the as long as you're out here in a r- more rural area, I think probably when you get to a more urban center and the bandwidth then becomes a problem, but maybe not. I mean, and they're using them in Ukraine right now too to keep the folks there connected.
0: Yeah, you can you can put them on your sailing boat and sail around the world with right, it. Right, right. You can go camping out in the middle of the Olympics with it. Um, and the, prior to this, the only way to get internet or connectivity out in the boonies the boonies, w- yeah. was paying for a, you know, $3,000 a month satellite internet hotspot modem. Right, right. Which was ridiculously expensive. Second question. Um, this one
1: also from the internet. If you, from the folks here, if you, um... Would you be surprised if you found life out in space?
0: More than like little bacteria.
1: Um, it does. It that's not in the question, but probably yeah, maybe like sentient, emotional, yeah, intelligent life.
0: I would be surprised if I found sentient, emotional, intelligent life here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are you saying? <laughs> Other than humans. Oh, I mean. oh, yeah. Okay. Dolphins, I guess, are pretty intelligent, but... Yeah, I mean, if, <clears throat> would you would you be surprised if you found
1: animal? F- I
0: would be surprised if I found anything bigger than, you know, a golf ball of life. Of fungus? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, plant life, maybe. Okay. I, I know they found bacteria. They found, like, water or whatever, and they found bacteria in the water. Oh, did they? Yeah, so I'm not surprised that they found m- microbacteria. But, I don't think they'll ever find you know hmm. actual life forms. yeah
1: I um I don't remember. I need to we need to ask uh, let me ask the chat AI while we're live here.
0: Oh no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's overloaded. Oh, no. Good. Tim, who who taught you how to type? My mom.
1: Okay. The question is um, bacteria in space, because I don't remember.
0: Is that a question?
1: Them finding bacteria in space. According to the AI of the world, uh, as of their knowledge cut off in 2021, no bacteria has been discovered in space. However, there have been several studies on the survival of bacteria and other microorganisms in conditions that simulate the space environment, meaning there could be, I mean, they've done tests here on Earth that simulate space environment and the bacteria has survived it. So... So it's possible that this bacteria could be out there and surviving that. Um, and some micro microorganisms have been found to be capable of surviving and even reproducing in those conditions. But yeah, nothing has been actually found. I was shocked when you made that statement because I am not of the mindset very smart. that there's life. No, I'm not very smart, but I I definitely feel like I would have known or there'd be a big deal made if they had found life in space. There
0: was an article a couple of years ago that said they found frozen water. Oh,
1: but that didn't have bacteria in it.
0: On Mars and that There was elements
1: are different than life.
0: Bacteria in it. Yeah. No, like
1: water, ice, rocks, yeah, they find that in space, but Yeah, yeah,
0: but they found bacteria, bacteria in it. the water? I am now looking for it and it says no evidence of life has been found, but they found Micro microbial fossils. So, evidence that there was life. Oh, really? Apparently.
1: Is that a, a good source? Because I'm using discovered
0: the Discovered evidence for microscopic fossil life. In space. In a meteorite from Mars. Oh. Well. um, But there was an article a couple of years ago. We'll uh, have to uh, do more research yeah. on
1: this because the AI robot says there's no sp- life in space yeah and I would trust that over
0: yeah the AI can't be wrong whatever link you're looking at I don't think anything can be wrong no yeah, on that AI yeah it's designed to be right
1: right exactly (laughs) so anyway uh, maybe that's for our listeners a um, point of clarification for us that you can leave a note on this episode hit us up on the Facebook platform go to anavivo.com and reach out to us, uh any other closing remarks on this a point,
0: yeah, you can do so much in space. <laughs> it's your canvas um there's we have all these problems on earth, and everyone's like, "Oh, climate change or this or that or and a lot of it can be solved with what we discover in space, mm. And um I mean they discover this helium three is what it's called on the moon and it oh, can yeah. be used to power the earth. Yeah. Indefinitely almost. Cool. So uh it's an interesting place. And it's fun, uh full of you know lots ex- of opportunities, opportunities is what you're saying
1: for yeah. us to put our differences aside and find commonality in the succession of the human race.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, exciting.
1: Awesome. As my kids would say. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. We welcome your feedback and ideas. You can learn more about us by simply googling the word Anavivo. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. I am a licensed real estate broker with Compass Real Estate and a nationwide real estate matchmaker. We consult with you for free, find and vet the right real estate professional that specializes in the area and niche you need, are paid by that professional, and they get clients like yourself who want and need their unique specialty or winning track record. If you or someone you know is in the market to buy or sell real estate anywhere in the US, don't simply web search the highest paying advertiser. Let us use our licensed experience to find and vet the real and best professional for you. It costs you nothing but a phone call or email with me and has saved my clients financially and emotionally. I'd be honored to serve and you can reach me direct by email at tim.c.miller at outlook.com. And as always, to God be the glory.